You are listening to The Sauna Show, a podcast that explores new ways to combat modern life and reclaim your health and vitality. We connect you with real people who are doing epic things by their own design. My name is Sebastian Mirau and I am the co-CEO of Clearlight Saunas International and a passionate entrepreneur and health enthusiast as well. I'm sitting down with scientists, holistic health practitioners and change makers in the wellness space who are making an impact to talk about all things detox, health and happiness. Hi everyone, today we are speaking to John Bumpus. John is an integrative mineral balancing practitioner who works closely with the science of hair tissue mineral analysis. He helps people from all over the world to naturally detox heavy metals and address the underlying cause of many chronic health conditions, undernourishment and low mineral levels. Hey Johannes, great to see you. Hi Sebastian, thanks for having me here and excited to hear what John has to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know much about hair tissue analysis? I'm, you know, I'm really only on the surface level. I mean, um, you know, I sweat a lot because I use my sauna pretty much every day when I can. And on top of that, I, you know, have quite a strict exercise regime. And obviously with that, you know, and with sort of sweating a lot, you obviously, you know, you've got to be aware of uh, the minerals uh, sort of being, you know, exposed out through the sweat. And therefore, I sort of know a little bit about electrolytes. Um, but that's probably where, you know, where it all stops. Um, and I think it's a fascinating topic um, and, you know, really diving deep on, you know, what minerals and what lack of minerals actually has effects on our body, you know, whether it's the hair or the body or the mental clarity. Um, so, you know, we're really only at the surface level. Yeah, definitely. Re really excited to show you all what, what John had to say and, you know, let us let us know what, what, what you guys think. So um, enjoy the show. John, thank you so much for joining us. You're really in the deep depths of any, I guess, nutritional knowledge that there is, but especially you're focusing on um, micro micronutrition, meaning vitamins as well as minerals. Yes. So would you mind if we talk today about minerals? Because I think that's a good place to, to start. And many people have a lot of questions of like, you know, what are actually the issues with that and what, what to look out for? Okay. Awesome. So minerals, how did you get into this? Like, how did you actually get so knowledgeable about such, such an unusual topic? I first got into minerals many years ago. I went to a lecture first and I heard a guy talk about how you can use minerals to help with your health. And it kind of went in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Um, then the more I kind of learned a bit more about nutrition in general and then spent some time learning about herbalism. And then I, I realized that herbs had limited value if you didn't have your nutritional uh, standpoint more in Balance, really. so, so, so there are not enough minerals in, in herbs themselves? Uh, that's not what I was finding. So my teacher would tell us that, like, sure, you may need um, certain herbs to help relax your muscles, yeah. but it's not going to fix a magnesium deficiency, and you should still take magnesium as well. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay, so you came, th yeah, that route. Yeah. So after I learned a little bit about nutrition and the value of minerals, started learning about, like, what are called the RDIs, recommended daily intakes right um yeah. so, which, so something that you see on like i don't know like you know your milk milk, milk bottle and says how much calcium yeah this is says, you know thing. yeah exactly 30 percent calcium on your milk and you go hey that means i need three cups of milk to get my calcium right that, that's what the government kind of outlined by the institute of medicine so that you can get the nutrients that you need day to day in a simplified way mm. um my interest was that we require these nutrients so that we can perform biological functions. And without them, our bodies really can't perform optimally. And where this kind of becomes relevant is when you have a chronic health condition, because when you have low nutrient intake, it's very hard to regenerate your body, mm. let alone get on day to day without mm. feeling pain, tired, brain fog, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So who sets actually the levels that are recommended? Like, so, so RDI stands for? Uh, it's a recommended daily intake. Right. Um, it's also called the recommended daily allowance. Huh. And it implies that like you're not allowed anymore. Okay. Right? But <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> that, like that? No, it should not be like that. Because the actual definition is 98% of this nutrient that you need to prevent a nutritional deficiency disease and not necessarily the... 
amount of the nutrient that you need so that you can experience optimal health. So your vitamin C, for example, is like 90 milligrams. That's to prevent scurvy and your teeth from falling out. That's not to help prevent um, tumor growth or proper skin um, health. Oh, so, so that level is the absolute, absolute minimum to not get sick. That's it. Oh, wow. They should really call that like minimum intake or something rather than recommended, yeah? yeah? Something I like agree, that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Because the, the, the optimum, like to get vibrant health, the optimum level might be actually quite high. Much yeah, higher, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they have another one where they say if you get too much of the nutrient, then it becomes, it can cause negative issues. Mm -hmm. And they call it the upper limit. So... Mm. Really, the optimal is somewhere between the RDA and the upper limit. Mm. And finding that balance can be very individual because some people need nutrients more than other people, depending mm. on their circumstance. And the other reason would be that um, we're all biologically unique. Yeah. So some people just genuinely require more nutrients than others. To think that we're all like a cookie and we're getting cookie cutter kind <laughs> of health care or yeah. even nutritional care. You're is all different cookies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So so what, what, what are typical minerals that you're talking about? Like, what, what are the main ones that are out there? Okay, well, there's the macro minerals, which are calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. They're very simple. You need them in larger amounts. They're mm. called macro minerals. Uh -huh. And these are ones that you take in, like, gram quantities. So you uh -huh. need, like, 1,200 yeah. milligrams of calcium, for example or 4,500 milligrams of potassium. And then there's the micronutrients, which are nutrients that you need in smaller amounts. Mm. But just because you need less of them doesn't mean that they're of any less importance. Right. Right. Okay. So a bit misleading name, really. Well, yeah. They're, they're just micronutrients. Micro, but they're ju just as important. You just need less of them, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. They're trace amounts, they say. So yeah. you think you need barely any, but that could be debated. And there's lots of science out there to say that you may need a little bit more, especially if you're sick. Right. So then actually the recommended doses might actually move you know, up. Even higher, absolutely. Yeah, right. Okay, so and um, what are these, these minerals actually needed for? Like, is it, could, could, you, could you just point out a couple of major functions? I guess they're needed for everything probably, but, you know. Okay, it, yeah. um, well... Typically, we have enzymes that do things in the body yeah. and proteins or which make up tissues and things like that. Minerals are required to do certain biological functions, you mm. can say. So cells run on nutrients. They, they need sugars to create energy, but they need micronutrients to create energy with sugar. Right. So just as much as you need sugar, you need micronutrients to come with that sugar intake. So, so it's like a tool set almost, like they, they, they need major fuel but then they also need different tools to function something like that i'm just thinking to, to sort um, of picture that yeah it's the kind of like you need gasoline for example mm. but you also need some oil to run a car oh, i get it yeah so you need some other stuff more than just fuel yeah and that would be the perspective for nutrients that yeah, the yeah. cell requires and the cell requires uh, at least 16 vitamins which you can get from your food and they're they're around like you Most foods do contain vitamins, mm. unless you're eating refined foods or something like that. Yeah. But even the government is now starting to add those back in because they realize their importance, and most people just aren't getting enough. Mm. So um, as far as minerals go, you cannot guarantee that you're getting them in your food. Mm. Um, you find like, like calcium is a, a mineral that's found in dairy, mm. and you could say, oh, dairy does contain calcium, but... When it comes to like vegetables or something like that, it's less likely to be found in vegetables because minerals grow, well, they don't grow, but mm. they're found in the earth in uh, veins, kind of like the veins in chocolate, chocolate ripple ice cream. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. some chocolate oh, yeah, yeah. here, but mm, there's If you're lucky, you here. have a lot of those, otherwise you might not. Yeah, sometimes you hit the jackpot, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and this is why, like, we find gold mines in certain locations, or yeah. you know, you find lithium in certain areas yeah. and not others. Huh. So, what are the? So, how do we actually know that we get enough? Um, 
Well, I prefer to test and not guess. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you would like to see objectively that you're getting enough. It's a good idea to think that I am getting enough. I eat sure. a healthy diet, yeah. and that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like a guessing game at the end of the day. So I, I prefer to do a testing to kind of identify the actual tissue needs for these nutrients or as biofeedback so that we can see where the body actually is rather yeah. than just assuming. So, so how would you test that? Uh, with a hair tissue mineral analysis. Yeah, right. It's a good indicator of your tissue status. And for those that don't know, a tissue is basically a conglomerate of cells, mm. right? So cells require minerals and vitamins, and cells put together make up tissues, and tissues make up proteins mm. and your brain and your organs. Mm-mm-mm. And then your organs work together, make organ systems, and they make an organism, which is what we are, right? <laughs> so at the very small level, you want to nourish the cell. Yeah. But you got to see what the cell's made up of to really identify how much you need. Right. And even though it's just on your head, you actually can sort of get an overview of where your whole body is like. Like it's, it's a good representation. Yeah, right? it's a reasonable rep- representation and it's safe and non-invasive. So rather than taking a chunk of your liver, you know, as uh, a yeah. liver biopsy yeah, so or skin yeah. biopsy and you have scabs all over. Oh, that actually does happen, right? People do that. Okay. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is non-invasive. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. And, you know, and it's very economical. You get a lot of information about it. Yeah. And especially when you see that each mineral has multiple functions in the body. Mm. So how would I know? Well, so you probably say, like, as a maintenance thing, you should check the on a regular base anyway. Ideally, right? yeah. At minimum, uh, I p- like to see minimum hair test every two, twice pretty much um, a year. Yeah, yeah. So every six enough. months. Okay, so it's like going, I don't know, in Germany you go to the dentist every half a year to check your teeth. It's just what you do. Well, so you really, most people don't go that often. Yeah, I would just think you might as well, you know, <laughs> like, you know, because if you could get it wrong, then, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not so good. Of course. So um, let's say, like, you're just an unusual person and you don't, uh, check your hair every half a year. Yeah, yeah. What would be the things that that you would actually notice? Like, it, can you actually pin it down, or is it is it quite a vast? Well, if you don't get enough minerals, what would, would happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, the body is very adaptable mm. and very resilient. Mm. So, when we're born, like for example, our bones have calcium in there. It's got magnesium, phosphorus, copper, etc. Mm. And w- when you're not getting them in the diet every single day, mm. your body will pull from reserves. And these reserves are typically our bones, which huh. is why in Taoism they call it our jing, right? It's like really? primordial essence. Well, huh. You're taking away from that kind of reservoir of nourishment, which is your bone. And oh. the hair is a good representative because the cerebrospinal fluid flows and it comes up through and mixes with the blood around that area. So you get an idea of really what's in the cerebral spinal fluid. Yeah, right. So it's a decent representative for that reason. Yeah, yeah, cool. Right. So, okay, so so once once we have used some of the minerals out of our bones, what, what would the body actually do? Would it actually decay in a sense or would it just decline? Or is that when you see, well, what would you see? Uh, well, if you ask, like, most people that do like MRIs, for example, and they yeah. look at the spine, yep. they'll say it's normal to see people with degenerative disc disease or um, bulging disc, degenerative degeneration in their spine or stenosis and it's things normal. like that. They, they say it it's normal. normal. That's, yeah, right. that's what it should look like. And as you get older, it goes down and down. Uh, my perspective is that's not ac- actually true. Mm. The body regenerates. It's like a phenomenon yeah right? that's what it does it's pretty brilliant right yeah. you cut yourself and it heals yeah well I, I feel like the body should do the same and if you're always pulling away from this mineral bank yeah you know our bone yeah. and not putting enough nutrients back in to restore that balance yeah. what happens is you get degenerative disc huh. disease or degenerative bones osteoporosis or yeah. you know things like that right so if you would look into things like Taoism that's a study that has been going on for thousands of yeah. years, I guess, and observations, then there are actually certain ways you can live to really great ages 
without having those yeah <laughs> the, in the yeah in Taoism <laughs> they talk about extreme longevity which mm. is even some cases they talk about immortality yeah, yeah. which it, it may be a pipe dream as far as all of that but mm. I don't know right right I think the future I know Aubrey de Grey talks about living the average person in the future could probably live to a thousand years which I think is you must really love life Yeah, you do, right? You know, every now and then, <laughs> I, I would think, you know, every now and then you do need a reset and, you know, just have a break and then come back. But yeah, yeah. yeah but I get it. Like, you know, certainly a few hundred years more would give you a better perspective, I guess, you know. At least the, the human potential should be at least 120. But I think yeah. they talk about the Hayflick limit, which is about 120, 140. Mm -hmm. And then maybe with epigenetics, you might be able to push it a bit more. Yeah. But I think a thousand is a little extreme. <laughs> yeah, that's just me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but but overall, I think this boundary also, the, the, the safety limit might have slowly moved up as people understand better what actually is possible when you when you support the body, body work. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. That yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. So when when people find out that um, they have deficiencies of some sort, you know, based on what the minimum should be in the body because yeah, that's yeah. basically well we have the the, the ration the, the ration that we sh should take every day of, of a mineral yeah. and then i guess we also have levels that the body should have is that how you would describe it like when you test the body yeah so uh, on a basic level like it's called it's like basically a theory that you mm. should have an intake the rda each yeah. and every day that doesn't take into account how much is actually present in your body and that's why i was saying it's not necessarily optimal but it helps prevent any short-term disease that's nutritionally based uh, i come from the field where i think that a lot of diseases are actually all mineral imbalances and nutritional deficiencies yeah and when you have for example a thyroid condition and you have very low reverse t3 just for an example yeah. you need selenium to convert t3 to rt3 so or T4 to T3, and you need iodine to create T4, and T4 is four iodine molecules. So right. when you don't have these minerals, what happens is like your thyroid doesn't work properly, mm. right? Mm. When you don't have enough sodium in your diet, you, your adrenal glands don't make aldosterone properly, and then your stress response goes right down, right? Mm. And you're not as resilient to these things anymore. And, mm. you know, a small, um, maybe just a small stressful situation may really throw you off kilter yeah yeah that sounds familiar. so um in in the long term like like they recommend about like 55 micrograms per day of selenium but when you talk about ideal you kind of want to aim for like 200 micrograms upwards to like wow, 400 micrograms yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah right and this is just because when they did the rda they based it off glutathione which is a selenium dependent protein mm-hmm And since then, we've identified 25 different proteins that are dependent on selenium. And for all of these to be working properly, you need to have adequate amount of selenium. Right. Because of what would happen otherwise? Your health, you, you, your selenium's particularly used as an antioxidant, so it helps neutralize toxins in the body. Right. So if we live in a world that is increasingly being filled up with uh, heavy metals like arsenic or mercury and things like that. Mm. These use up our selenium source. So you want to make sure you have adequate amounts to help protect you from these things. If you live in Sydney and you walk to work, yeah. there's cars all around, that's going to increase other antioxidant nutrients as well, such as like vitamin C or vitamin E. Right. That's fantastic. So and if, if you look after that, How, much, how many minerals you have in yourself and, and that you keep up with the doses that, that really gives you that, at that moment you're actually way more resilient to many things that are thrown at you. So it's not all about detoxing your body, but actually also just getting the resilience off, like up, up so that you actually don't even have to detoxify as much. Yeah, I, I, ideally, like I, I believe that nutrients protect you from heavy metals and that includes vitamins, but minerals as well. So... The body, I, it's kind of known, the body's not mm. stupid, right? It's intelligent, and yep. it can choose what nutrients it wants to use and what right. nutrients it doesn't want to use. Now, the question comes, why does it pick up mercury? Why does it pick up arsenic, right? The body's smart. So 
The reason why is because it needs this nutrient to do a biological function that it wouldn't be able to do uh, for another reason because you're low on a nutrient mineral. So it takes, say, mercury or cadmium because you're low in zinc, and it will use this oh no. to maintain this. Well, it, it, it thinks it's a good thing. Well, it is a good thing because it maintains your life right now. Right, like day to day, you want to make sure that you're still living. It's first priority. Yeah. Second is long term living. So it takes right? mercury in thinking this is the best thing I can do because I don't have any other option. Yeah, I don't have selenium. Wow. I don't have zinc. It's amazing. I'm a vegetarian. I don't get zinc. So what yeah. do I do? I, well, we got mercury here. It, it'll do the same thing, that's but wow. at a reduced efficiency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's am that's amazing. So, so w you've seen many people, and 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 you've you've done a lot of hair analysis with them and see yeah. what the deficiencies are. So what are the main deficiencies that you see around the globe? Um, well, one of the most common ones is magnesium. And mm. it, that one, it's starting to become a little less common because so many people are taking magnesium. Powder or, or, or something on the skin, by the way? People do use transdermal magnesium, yeah. but then they do foot soaks and baths and stuff, and it's... It's almost everywhere. Even the markets here, yeah. we see it. You know, yeah. <laughs> magnesium bath salts and all this stuff. So, like that one, it was a big problem, but it seems to be kind of oh, attention's been erased on that yeah. one. But which one do you recommend? Just quickly, magnesium. Which one of the magnesiums? The one that you take internally, oral, oh, or the one um, you put on the skin? I prefer to do magnesium malate right now. So it's just a form of magnesium that you to that you take orally. I do, yeah. Oh. Um, some people have digestive uh, problems when they do take certain That's magnesiums. The, um, the one I don't recommend at all is magnesium oxide. That one is not the best ever. Okay, good. So <laughs> and we do want a bit yeah. ever. Cool. Yeah. All right. If, if you really need to use it as a laxative, yeah. then maybe you, you can do that. Yeah, but okay. It goes <laughs> right out the other end. So, um, yeah, another nutrient that is commonly deficient in diets, especially, is potassium. And mm. it, it's a weird one because you need a large amount of it, like 4,500 milligrams, so 4.5 grams. What would you eat to, to get it? Um, vegetables. Vegetables? Yeah. Who would right. think? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought <laughs> vegetables, you were talking, yeah. Talk about well, a superfood or something that you need to eat, but it, no. It's, it's a very nice source of it is coconut water, right? Right. And that's why a lot of people still go and get coconut water. Yeah. Um, the thing with... Uh, potassium is that like you can guarantee that it's in plants mm. because the average farmer supplements the soil with nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. No minerals at all. Well, give you yeah, three. Right, okay, right? here you go. But you know, it doesn't matter if you need 60. We got three because yeah. that's what the plant needs, <laughs> right? But what happens is these NPK fertilizers weren't really developed for optimal nutrition. They were actually developed after the World War, and the nitrogen and phosphate industries were used to make bombs, right? So after the war, they go, oh, well, what do we, we got to sell it. Mm -hmm. We have all this you know, nitrates. So <laughs> they found out that the plant only really needs 16 nutrients, but the most economical fertilizer is the MPK one, yeah. and they sold it to farmers. And what happened is instead of using the old school soil regeneration techniques mm -hmm. that we used to do, which is basically starting a fire, we've grown with fire for a long time, and then mm -hmm. we get stuck with this um, byproduct, yeah. which is called ash. And we throw the ash somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that was fertilizer for the plants. Now we use NPK fertilizers, which other farmers all had to kind of use it as well because they couldn't produce food quickly enough like the other farmers could do. And what it does long-term is it depletes the soil of the nutrients because you're no longer adding in ash from trees and things like that, which right. contains all the minerals, okay. and we got three. Right. So we used to actually, well, similar to the body, the, the, the ground would have its reservoir, but it wouldn't need it too much because we would actually apply all the different minerals. Let's say, you know, maybe the ash back then had all 60 minerals. Yeah, we did that, and so it would go all in our food. So we had enough then, and 
and now we got away with that. We give them three, and all the rest has to come out of the body, uh, out of out of the um, ground. So what once the ground has no left, or does that not happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> minerals are created by the earth, earth happenings, you can say, yeah. and they come from the sun as well. But mm. um, typically, we're just depleting the the reservoir, which is our earth, mm. and where we should be rejuvenating it we're not really doing it where even we used to have floodplains and you'd have big floods come by and it would flood an area well that would deliver nutrients all yeah, the way yeah, across yeah. right like, like the nile delta i remember the pharaohs they really liked that nile delta because it was really really um fertile i guess because of that reason because it would constantly they would disperse minerals around yeah and now we dam up our waters which yeah. we need in civilization but doesn't really do us justice when we're talking about ideal foods and uh, growing nutrient-dense foods. Yeah. So, so what happens if I go to the farmer's market then? Uh, you know, people, people like the idea, and, and I do too, go to, the, you know, to a local source. That's really good. That's good for the environment as well. But, you know, of course, it's also fresh, and, and I'm sure you have some opinions about that, of freshness of, of food. But, yeah. like, just from the point of view of... of what actually goes into the plant, um, how do we know that enough is going into? Like, how do you figure that out? Well, when you go to the market, depending on where you are, it really changes what nutrients, as far as minerals go, that are found in the food. So I, I love markets. I go to the market all the mm. time. And this is because we can get fresh food. It's grown locally. And it, it lasts a long time in the fridge, right? Mm. So... When food's cut from the tree, when it comes from the tree, or so when it's harvested from the, the ground, depending on the vegetable, <laughs> you know, whatever the vegetable <laughs> you're getting. Comes from. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, the moment it's picked, it's got the highest vitamin content. And then, just like our bodies has uses up nutrients to protect from stressors, so vegetables do as well. So they're constantly exposed to oxygen, mm. so they use up their antioxidants. And they also sensitive to light and heat, which also deplete like B vitamins. So the longer that you have food stored, mm. the lower vitamin content is found in the food. Uh, the minerals don't go anywhere. So the minerals just they don't go anywhere. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They they're not 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 perishable in that sense. Yeah. They yeah. stick around. They're just uh, as available on the first day, then and they on the fourteenth day in the fridge. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, but the vitamin goes down. Yeah, the second piece is when you're buying stuff from the local market, mm. is the mineral levels of the soils. So does he have a chocolate vein or not? Yeah, does he have a chocolate yeah, vein? Yeah, we all want that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, for example, in uh, in Australia where we are right now, mm. we go to the market and we can so you know get some foods. And, potatoes and you know leeks or whatever yeah we cannot guarantee that it's got adequate amount of selenium here because our soils themselves are deficient in selenium and, and this is known even by the government that's why when they make uh, wholemeal bread here which mm -hmm. a lot of people in the health industry don't eat bread yeah. so like, yeah. right so that's another problem but <laughs> not not eat bread <laughs> so it's low in selenium and when you eat the food, you're not just not getting adequate amounts of selenium yeah. in Australia. Yeah. So what do you got to do? Well, you could either outsource your food and get it from another country, yeah. or you can supplement to make sure that you're getting proper yeah. selenium. There are some farmers, and I had talked to a couple farmers that supplement their soils with all the minerals, yes. and they're right on it because they realize that they get better quality meats, mm. they get larger harvests, yeah. and they're interested to me the cutting edge because they're providing the food that I want. Yeah, yeah. And I think everyone will yeah. actually crave these foods because they taste better. Yeah, and it probably has also a higher resilience against pests than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So because actually the, that's interesting, right? You know, like if you eat these types of, of vegetables or food in general, mm. your body gets replenished. But at the same time, probably they are so healthy, those those vegetables themselves, because they had also enough minerals to grow properly, hey? Yeah, it's yeah. this wonderful thing. And it's kind of interesting how a plant 
needs nutrients to prevent itself from being exposed to pests and things like that. For humans, they're like bacteria and viruses. But there's like a disconnect where they go, oh, well, it helps plants, but not us. Right. They, meaning science, has not figured that it could be exactly the same as for plants, which makes sense because they're also nature. Yeah, we need antibiotics. Yeah, that's how you do it, right? (laughs) And just wipe it, yeah. Yeah. Rather than resiliency. (laughs) Well, that's really, yeah, you, you, you take away the pests or antibiotics for us, uh, for for conventional farmers, that's pest, pesticides, uh, fungicides, whatever you have, you know all yeah. of those different things. But but really, you could also come from the point of view that we build resilience in the body as we put in the plants, and then actually we, we don't actually get that yet. That's it. That's you it. So so, mm. so, res- so so when you talk about selenium, yeah, why do we know that we are deficient? Do have we actually seen? Any results of this deficiency? I know, like New Zealand, Australia is one of the lowest in the world, I believe, because their soil just doesn't have it in it, right? It's just not here. We're not, not here. where the chocolate is. Yeah, no, okay. Or the <laughs> vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, we've done it. Um, not me myself, but mm. you know, scientists have analyzed soils from all around the world, yeah. and they've even found that because they've been adding. Like they used to use MPK in, in Australia, they use MPKs. They add sulfur to it, which is good. Mm. But the downside is that is that it actually sulfur-based fertilizers actually deplete selenium in the soil again. Mm. So it's kind of like you're kind of setting yourself up for not having adequate amounts mm. in the soil, especially here. But all across the world, its selenium content actually has been depleting and. I think it's kind of like the point you were bringing up earlier where we're just kind of depleting the earth, Mm -hmm. right? And we're also creating like um, conditions that are not very conducive to healthy soil, right? So like you have like smog and cars driving around and things like that. And it messes with the microbes and other nature stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen farms directly next to to airports quite frequently because people don't want to live there, so you grow food. But that's probably not a good idea thinking about all the kerosene and heavy metals that would rain onto onto those plants. That's it, yeah. yeah. Um, but of course having food grown in the sun, on yeah. in soil, is ideal when you compare to hydroponics. But even some hydroponic companies are really tuning into the idea that plants may only require 16 minerals, but the human requires more. So they're providing fertilizers to give plants very mineral-rich foods. Um, so... At one point where soil-grown stuff was considered ideal, yeah. now because the environment is kind of becoming less preferred, but the hydroponics, it's kind of opening up because you can really control the environment and you can get a lot better of a harvest, so it's good for farmers. Well, that's pretty cool. So I, I guess I, I've seen actually systems that you can put in your own you know, apartment even to grow some, some of your vegetables yourself, but if, if you connect all the dots, wouldn't that mean that basically get an analysis done as you go to the dentist you get to the heart, hair hair mineral checker yeah. um, they check what what your deficiencies are and they adjust then the inputs to your hydroponic gr- growing um, mm-hmm. growing system or whoever is growing the food for you yeah and then you actually get it through normal food rather than through supplements that would be ideal we should do that what I mean, it you know, be an idea, that, absolutely. I don't know. Am I thinking too simple? Because th- th- wouldn't that already solve? It? Well, it's all. It would solve the mineral aspect. But uh, you see, when it like in Canada, yeah, it's not uncommon to have food grown in Mexico, and then it takes um, at least a week to get up to Canada through shipping, and yes, then yeah. you know, by the time you buy it mm. or it sits in, we don't have Wool- Woolworths here, but yeah. <laughs> one know, of those the, yeah, the grocery yes. store and it sits there for who knows how long yeah and you buy it right before it goes off right mm. and you put it in your fridge and then you take it maybe you eat it two days from yeah. then the nutrient content's dropping because the vitamin content drops because it's not really two days old it's already nine yeah maybe i just yeah. bought it why is it going right. off yes it's because it was grown halfway around the country yeah right so th- that's a benefit of the market and also where, it, you know, it's a food problem in general because mm-hmm. they grow food and then some of it even in some cases has higher vitamins contrary to what people would think. Yeah. It's got higher vitamins in this day grown, but by the time it makes it to your plate, it's actually lower. 
So it's kind of like a public health concern in general. And there's some documents on that as well. Mm. So con yeah, distribution is a big problem then. Because actually we have maybe the answer to many vitamin deficiencies, but it's it's because the distribution is not properly done. Then. That's it. Uh, we yeah. live in a world of abundance. Yeah. We have right. so much, right? It's yeah, just how do we do spread this abundance around yeah. is where we really disconnect. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. I, there's a book. It's actually called Abundance by um, <laughs> Peter Diamandis, and and it's amazing to hear him talking about it's a distribution problem and not not a problem that we have not enough. And mm. I bet you it's the same with minerals because the minerals are somewhere, but they're probably washed into the sea or. I don't know. Or yeah, where else would they actually be? The chocolate veins. The, there are some different areas that are very high in minerals. There's a well-known place in Utah, mm -hmm. which Trace Mineral Research uses, and they make concentrates. We talked about this at a different time, mm. and it's a mineral-based supplement. It's got mm. all the minerals in it, mm. right? They, there is some aspects, like some veins, really veins. They're huge, right? Yeah. <laughs> like um in size mm -hmm. but they have some really good land-based ones but the minerals that are found in the ocean are also really good yeah. um there was a researcher maynard murray that used to use diluted seawater to grow vegetables and he had really good results fantastic so yeah 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 but you know his work's still present and it, it's still relevant to this day. And I think that people that are really interested in growing their own food, especially at home gardeners, mm -hmm. they should try it. Um, especially, mm -hmm. like, there's other products you can do now. In many shops here, you can get a product called sea salt, mm -hmm. right? And it's what do you mean sea salt? Like salt? S-E-A-S-O-L. Okay. And it's basically, like, um, seaweed matter and, like, fish broth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I don't know if you've ever smelled it. smells like fish, so I know that it's in there. <laughs> oh, you're not eating it. That's for, no, for your plants. No, you give it to your plants, right. okay. and then you'll eat it after. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, they can have it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. Yeah, and they will yeah, probably yeah. appreciate it too. Yeah. Yeah, right. Fantastic. So thinking about that, so um, I've, I've been exposed to sort of this, some ideas that maybe not every mineral is actually the same, and, and maybe that's actually a myth. I haven't looked into it for years, but I know that there's the inorganic calcium and there's the calcium that is in, in in a vegetable i'm sure that's true for many of those yeah. minerals that there are different types so do you yeah. have to be aware when actually buying buying minerals what type we, which we, we having there yeah um it's an interesting question complex well it is and, and it's not necessarily one i want to like have the definitive answer on but i will yeah. say that um it doesn't matter where your body gets the nutrients huh. your body can use it um, so even smart, if, yeah. yeah, and even if it's like, uh, for example, calcium that comes from chalk, calcium carbonate or mm -hmm. eggshells mm -hmm. or something, yeah. your body can still use it. Whether or not it's the easiest on the body to use is a different story. Okay. <laughs> you know, so absorbability may change. Yeah. So, um, yeah, th that's really what I got to say about that. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So, yeah, our body is smart. It. So, you know, better do something. Than nothing in that, that well case. if it needs it yeah and it, it'd rather use calcium of eggshell for yeah. example or milk than lead <laughs> then oh uh, <laughs> let's do it right um and you'd rather have your bone have calcium in it than lead in it as well mm. because your know, bone will break a lot easier <laughs> yeah right you're just the thought that comes to mind you know how when people get older and older that um often they get really brittle bones so are you suggesting that it might have actually quite a bit to do with our body having used our bones as a reservoir to run the body for so long that it gets brittle? That's it. Wow. Uh, that's that's exactly the way I see it. Oh, that, that's it. That's really insightful. I've never th made that connection. I only yeah. heard, you know, at one stage, the ratio between, um, what is it, calcium and what would be the other one? Phosphorus? In the bo bone would, would, would shift, and, and that yeah. makes them so much... Yeah, a lot of people talk about that one as if um, eating a diet high in animal protein because animal protein's high in phosphorus, mm. then it could imbalance calcium. Mm. It's an idea. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily 100% true, mm. but your body loves calcium, I'll mm. tell you that. Um, <laughs> many people do need <laughs> it. And when you talk about healing the bones, 
you need more than just calcium. Yeah. But calcium is the one that kind of always gets said. Yeah. You know, bones made up of at least forty-four different minerals. Yeah. So it needs a lot of minerals. Yeah. Just a, <laughs> just having a slightly sort of um, curveball th- there. So calcification tells me it's something to do with calcium. Yeah. Do I want to give my body like calcification has also been connected to really um, degenerative disease like even cancer sometimes yeah where you yeah. create certain things so um, doesn't that suggest we shouldn't have too much so you were just saying we need a lot so it's it's, a it's interesting a, yeah um, the way I see it and there's some discussion and even some debate mm. on it but the way I see it is that the body pulls that calcium out from the bone. And then it doesn't have the cofactors needed to utilize the calcium properly. So it gets put in soft tissues and it gets put um, like when it's going through the blood in excess amounts. It starts to cut up the veins and uh, arteries and things like that. And that's reasons why even cholesterol is, you know, they say, oh, you have high cholesterol or something yeah. and it's bad for your heart. Well, we've kind of gotten to the point where cholesterol, it's not really the demon. You know, it's the same with the calcium. It's not necessarily the the cause of the problem, but it's definitely causing issues when it's out of balance. The truth of it is any mineral out of balance can cause disease. Yeah, It's just calcium is one of the major ones. It's been correlated especially with um, a lot of heart issues and, mm-hmm. and even cancers like you're saying. Yeah, right. When we do a hair test, it's very common to see people, we call them slow oxidizers. Slow oxidizer. Slow oxidizer. Oxidation meaning like, or similar to like metabolism, your ability to create energy. Mm. Um, Slow oxidizers are people with very high tissue calcium levels. Okay. And and my first hair test was very high calcium, right? Right. (laughs) Very similar thing. Uh And it's basically equated with like biological rusting. And some people say, oh, it's a sign of a magnesium deficiency or you need more potassium. I don't take calcium, but I'm in the other camp where I think calcium is an essential nutrient, and I just I still like to recommend it, mm. um, especially in this day that's full of stressors and the amount of times I've seen people with bone issues themselves mm-hmm. or degenerative disc disease, and it just seems to be <laughs> theoretically people say, oh, you don't take it, but when it comes to practicality and actually what helps helps people yeah it seems to be completely different so mm. yeah it's just my perspective on that yeah it makes sense yeah so if i go and get my test done and i see that well so my test would actually so it wouldn't actually be calcium that would be the problem like your in, intake is too high or your levels are too high it's really about there are other things that make it more possible to utilize it like a hot chocolate if we would only have cacao in the house we would just you know we would not be able to do anything with it we need the milk we need other things as well so That's at that it. moment we really you know we feel really abundant having the cacao but if we have only cacao then yeah no party anymore right exactly and i like to talk about um it's like baking a cake okay where you have there's the ingredients to make a cake mm. and you need to have all the ingredients mm. don't ask me which ones because i don't make cake very often sure but <laughs> <laughs> you need to have all of the ingredients at proper amounts depending mm-hmm. on how much cake you want to make mm-hmm. And it's not enough just to have the right ingredients. You need to have them in the right ratio with other things. Mm. So you can't add too much butter, even though we all love butter. Mm. You can't add too much if you make cacao, right. if you're going to make chocolate cake, right? It, it gets too bitter, yeah. Yeah, so like it's all a question of balance. Mm. Oh, okay, I get it, yeah. So at the end of the day, do we have to be really knowledgeable about all of this? Because if I think about it, you can spend a lot of time researching this or one can and um, and that's, you know, I think you will find it a level of truth that and, and a, a customized version of that knowledge that really helps your body. And I've seen so many people that have been able to reverse any disease really because they actually got knowledgeable about what they need but also what, what really works out there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, most people only start to think about that when they have really... a you know, when they really have the need and really the pressure pressure to put a lot of time into it because they're yeah. literally dying or that they feel really, really bad. And I get that, but is there a way, is there an easy way to get there? 
you know, like without becoming a, a scholar and yeah, all of that. if you're not a, a complete do-it-yourselfer, which I completely recommend, mm. you know, trying to do things yourself mm. within reason. Of mm. course, if you specialize in some other thing, if you're an electrician, you don't have time to learn about nutrition and all the different sixty minerals and <laughs> sixteen vitamins <laughs> and twenty amino acids and all that stuff. Then it's definitely worthwhile to work with someone that does mineral balancing, mm. and especially if they work with a hair tissue mineral analysis. Great. Yeah, and they do basically a stock tape of what have you got there and how much are you actually putting back in. And if they see that some levels are low, then they would recommend you take more of this and they have this, you could there and so on, and then you just monitor it as you go. Eh? Yeah, and you know, it makes things a lot easier because rather than going to the supplements store and going, hey, vitamin C is on sale and I, I, I think I need more vitamin D. I read an article right. on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're guessing, you're shotgunning. Yeah. You're just assuming, hey, I need this, that, this, and uh, maybe I'll just take this whole shelf. Right, because I don't feel well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just guessing. It's better to um, supplement according to what you absolutely need at your tissue level, yeah. rather than just guessing. Yeah, and the reason why mm, the medical profession, um, you know, mostly hasn't really taken up this this approach, is probably not because it doesn't work, but because their approach must be very, very different. It's different in the sense that um, rather than recommending uh, pharmaceuticals or rather than recommending surgery and mm. things like that, we use nutrients. Mm. It's quite scientific. Cells need nutrients to mm. function. So we use nutrients to help the cell function. Mm. And the bigger picture of things is, as I said before, we're made up of cells. Mm. So as far as overall why doctors aren't using it. Part of the problem is that they're just not educated in the area of nutrition yeah. and even the efficacy of micronutrients in general. Some of them have heard vitamin C and most yeah. like cardiologists, for example, take vitamin E yeah. just because they heard it's good for the heart, but they, they don't even know themselves. They right. just like, yeah, I heard it was good and I just want to make sure I'm okay. <laughs> I, th I think it's really important to put that out there that there is a lot of research about all that stuff, but when you that doesn't mean that your doctor that you know is in your town that you go to has mm. been exposed to that research because right. it's quite a long path between research that gets validated and is validated, and yeah. that's what you're talking about, gets into the medical training and becomes that important, then people actually learn that. And you know, I, I think like you know, I, I love the medical profession, and there's a lot about it that is really really awesome, but. If you think about the knowledge that you actually have to hold to completely like fix a body that is broken, understand every little part, there's a lot of knowledge that you have to hold and to read. And I guess it's just another topic. Yeah. I guess on the flip side, it's one of the most important ones really to actually not even get sick, right? So it's it's unfortunate. It really should there's have There's always two camps. There's some people that are sick that just need to get better. Yeah. And there's other people that really have health conditions mm. but they want to experience their optimum when it comes to uh overall nutrition mm -hmm. they, they just don't understand it's yeah, yeah. not part of what they do um i'm in the kind of perspective that it takes a community to heal someone okay and i think that a lot of medical doctors should follow that as well and that they may be the gateway to health care you know but they don't have all of the means or the time to even help them mm -hmm. and that there's always extras needed. And that's why uh, integrative medicine is becoming a big thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, um, yeah, there are three questions that we normally ask people on the show. And, and, and one is probably, um, is, is always related to the topic that we're talking about. So if, if people say, like, all right, like this, this makes a lot of sense to me, like what would be the, the next three steps that you would recommend people to do? Like what, what? What are the ones that you normally recommend people to do? I would recommend that they should talk to you, of course, as well. Yeah. But you know, what, what would be sort of like the, your go-to answers? Like, if you don't do anything else, these three things would really okay. work. Okay. Um, if you don't do anything else, and you mm. don't want to get a hair test, and you you just want to make sure you're getting your supplements. Mm -hmm. We still call that shotgunning. Mm -hmm. You're guessing at the end of the day, yeah. but if you're gonna do that, you want to make sure you're at least taking a, a multivitamin that mm -hmm. doesn't have iron in it. Okay. And I prefer also if it doesn't have copper in it. Mm -hmm. And I would also consider taking 
extra zinc mm -hmm. because it just seems that many people, whether they're following a plant-based diet or just environmental factors are just increasing our needs for this nutrient. Mm -hmm. I would definitely consider that. Um, eat a diet that's very high in uh, plants because you need to get your potassium intake. Um, not to say that don't eat meat, but mm -hmm. you still need meat. But make sure you're getting your potassium because it's one of those things that you can't supplement with. It's just you need a whole bottle every day to do it. So wow. get it from your diet. And that's the yeah. one where you, if you're going to take a supplement, you can. But you got to take that diet as well. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> they don't make up for health. Yeah, you know, it's surprising, hey, because diet. I thought like supplementation is often much more concentrated, but that's not always so, hey. Depending on the nutrient, okay, like like because there's legality reasons they can't sell potassium at any higher than ninety nine milligrams, and you need four point five grams, so you'd literally be taking like a bottle a day if you were just to try and make sure you're oh, getting yeah. that. And that's just the RDA, which is the bare minimum that you're supposed right. to be taking. Right, not the optimum probably. It's not optimum. No. The, 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 the Stone Age human or the Paleolithic <laughs> human was eating about uh, 11,000 milligrams. Right. It's so almost double. And they made it. They made it? <laughs> well, you know, we're still here. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that was yeah. a good thing to do. They were doing something right. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Hey, um, <clears throat> if you think about the three things that get you out of bed every morning. Yeah. That really inspire you. Yeah. What would that be? Um, first one would be uh, teaching people and helping people balance their mineral levels mm -hmm. because I just, that's one of my passions. Great. Um, the second one would be that, you know, we live in paradise. Let's enjoy it. Right? <laughs> like, come on. And, and the third one would be that, uh, Rather than degenerating and having an average lifespan of like 80 years, yeah. we can try and push that up there. So those are the three. If I did a bonus one, be that if you have heavy metal toxicity, you don't need to. You just got to be properly nourished. And it's very simple. <laughs> you just got <laughs> to the, give the body the right things and it will do miraculous things. So those are the three things. Awesome. Last question. Why do you think we're here? Why do you think we're here? Hmm. I, you mean as like a human species? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, why do we exist? Why do we exist? Yeah, I mean, you know, what, what was that idea about? Um, I don't have any definitive answer. Sure. But I believe that we're here to um, develop and improve our relationship with each other. And I think that the more that we communicate with people the more that we help people the more that we help ourselves right. and the more that we can relate with ourselves and i think that's what it's all about i think we help the creator or something become a better creator yeah and he does that through us and he needs us to take part in that love it thanks for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that's a little bit off topic but i thought i might okay as well throw that at you awesome um Thank you so much for coming and spending your time with us. I, I hope um, we'll see you again. I think there's much more to talk about. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, definitely. And um, if people want to find more out about, about you, John, it's uh, johnbumpers.com. That's it. Yeah. You can just Google me or yeah, you can you're type right it on the in top there. there. Yeah. Yeah, the, fantastic. The one and, well, not the one and only, but yeah. the only one that does minerals with my name. Brilliant. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Sebastian. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Sauna Show. My name is Sebastian Mirau, and this episode was sponsored by Krila Jacuzzi Saunas, the world's leading provider of superior quality, full-spectrum infrared saunas. You can find more information and resources for this podcast at thesaunashow.com, all one word, or on Instagram at thesaunashow. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with friends. Until next time, have the best day ever.